So first off, y'all, I went and did this uh, storytelling thing in Memphis. That's kind of what helped me get started doing the podcast and stuff. It's part of the, one of the pieces. Uh, and I fucking killed, man. I destroyed it. It was so good. I had everybody just eating out of my hand. I hadn't got the audio of it yet, but that'll be coming up. I'll post that. Uh, I will. I think I will. I don't know if I want to because I burned that story, you know. Uh, because they were laughing so hard, I thought I would use that as part of my stand-up stuff, you know. Like, I, I want to have multiple avenues coming in, you know. Uh Sorry, I froze. Spacing out. <clears throat> to try to make this, you know, actual career eventually, I would like uh, a lot of different things coming in, like doing stand-up, going to schools and universities, talking about, you know, the dangers of, of uh, binge drinking and stuff, that kind of thing, drug abuse and also being aware of what kind of situation, like what your mental state is when you're in those dark places. Like um, the first time I tried to commit suicide, I was on a, a Paxil for like three years. I had been sober and went to rehab. Uh, God, let me think. So I already had the three DUIs. I was already a felon. Um, and then I violated my probation by getting another DUI. I'd had house arrest for a year and all that stuff instead of going to prison. That's what they did. <clears throat> so I was uh, uh, maybe two years sober. I had to go like a long-term rehab for the house arrest thing, like five months, uh, and then finish the house arrest out and then probation for five years. Uh, and I was about two or three years into that probation, so I'd been sober three or four years, something like that. Uh, and decided I was going to go to college and all this kind of stuff. And then I, I violated and got another DUI. And they had to come and get me in shackles and everything. They were going to send me to prison. Uh, but while I was in there waiting in the county, I was in the county for like eight weeks or something like that. Uh, but it wasn't that bad because you could still smoke back then. Uh, I mean, it sucks being in jail. But being in jail and being able to smoke is... It, I don't know. <laughs> I don't smoke anymore, but... Back then, that's a real comfort, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's like a blanket. <laughs> but anyway, so it had been, uh, I had been accepted to go to the W, uh, Mississippi University for Women, where my mom went. Uh, and uh, I signed my acceptance papers inside the jail. My uh, my dad brought them up there. His game warden, you know. He brought them up there to me, and I had to sign them. And, and based on that, the judge was like, okay, well, you go to rehab again. Because it had been so much time since I had my original first DUI that I was back at first DUI again. So that would be my third first DUI. Um, so they give me that, and uh, they say, well, you pay these fines off and everything. You go to 42-day <clears throat> clean out, you know, basically. Because uh, I was signed up for the winter semester, spring semester, which starts in January. And so it timed out where I would be Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'd be in rehab and New Year's. Uh, and then I'd get out just in like the day of orientation and move-in day for the dorms. So like I'm in rehab and I'm as I'm getting close to leaving, they uh, 
they start bringing like my dorm stuff that I need up there so I can just take it across the street because the rehab is, is like directly across the street. You just got to walk a couple blocks to get to the to the W campus. And so like for real, literally, I leave rehab, get my little certificate, walk across the street and go sign in for orientation and then start moving my stuff. In. You know, like my parents were there to meet me and, or my mom anyway, uh, help me move in and everything. But it's crazy. man. So, uh... <laughs> They put me on a uh, Paxil when I was in the rehab. They d- dual diagnosed you, you know, uh, uh, clinical depression and then alcoholism and, and all that. And uh, so they put me on Paxil and I was going to see the same counselor for like three and a half years. Uh, and it was going great. You know, she was cool and she knew all my background and she would listen to my whining. And because I'm, I mean, I'm doing this whole thing and whining about and stuff. <laughs> Anyway, um, but it was great. And about it, my senior year of college, she had uh, finished her master's and her whatever the next certification. All the ins and outs of that, but she gave me Zoloft instead. And as soon as it like got going in my system, all I could think about was suicide. Man, just suicide. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. Uh, I had already relapsed drinking. I took a drink and like. Uh, at Halloween or something like that. <clears throat> uh, but I didn't drink again for a while. Uh, and stayed sober all through Christmas and all that stuff. Um, but as soon as I got back to school, that's when I took the drink and stole the motorcycle and all that stuff. <laughs> so that was kind of while I was, while my Paxil wasn't working anymore and I was panicking and having to go back to the counselor and stuff. I was due to all that situation. And, uh, uh, just immediately started thinking about killing myself so instead of doing that i wanted to drink well that just makes it worse you know you're mixing it with all that and i'm coming off of one and on to another and like started having really dark thoughts and dark shit like just dangerous uh not not dangerous to anyone but myself but dangerous uh, maybe dangerous, like traumatically, to the person who ran me over in the street, you know, walking drunk or trying to. I did try to kill myself one that one time like that, walking down the highway. Uh, that was in Smithville, so I guess that would really be my first attempt. But I was really, really drunk, and just drunk walking down the main highway in like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. And this guy comes in a huge truck. Uh, it's the only car that come down the road and uh, slams on his brakes and he's what the hell's wrong with you and i was just belligerent like you couldn't understand what i was saying and he knew me and he took me home uh if it had been somebody else or like an 18 wheeler come through i'd have been splattered uh that was a long long time ago uh but this is what i kind of consider my real first attempt so one night uh I'm hanging out the dorms like my friends have kind of gotten tired of being around me because I'm I'm becoming a problem and uh, I'm pretty sure my roommate was very concerned about me but I'm just making all this foolish mistakes and stop going to school and just ugh, that was ridiculous. I ended up getting kicked off campus after after that like after the motorcycle thing we were in a different dorm way up at the top it was like the Top of the thing, one night the counselors came to me, or the campus police and stuff, and asked me, like, yeah, you need to leave campus. Uh, <laughs> it was great. I had to get an apartment and all that kind of shit. And then, 
anyway, sorry, I digress. Life was that was a dark, crazy time. Um. So I uh, I'd start drinking by myself and just uh, ran into some guys that lived in the dorm and and uh, I, they probably saw that I was bummed out or whatever and they were like, come hang out with us and everything is cool and you know whatever. And I I went down there and hung out in their dorm room for a while and everything was fine, but as soon as I left there, I was just like, okay, it's time for me to go try to kill myself. And I had been working, uh, I had like a work study thing, uh, just kind of cleaning debris and stuff out of the old or chap- chapel in there. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, but the, like, there was a, the roof got damaged in the tornado in 94 and, uh, all the, in like on the second floor is the chapel part, like the huge, I mean, the ceiling is massive, but it's all degree. You can see the pictures of it on my website if you're checking it out. That's what that is. I, and so I went in there one time, uh, just asked whoever was in charge of it if I was if it was okay if I went and looked at it. Uh, and I was like, you know, I kind of know how to do something. I can at least clean that up. And I had a grant for a work study. So they're like, okay. And I cleaned a bunch of shit up and fixed the floors a little bit. Tore some old carpet up. Found hardwood underneath. You know, because that's what they do back then for some reason. Put, like, shag carpet in over these nice hardwood floors. Uh, so I guess I had kind of chosen that place because it was, there were also, like, dead birds and decay. And that's what those pictures of, of those rooms and stuff in there. That's what's in there. Uh and uh, I don't know, it just made sense to me. <laughs> Very melodramatic. So I went in there, uh, and I tried to call my ex-girlfriend, who is now my wife. Uh, I don't think she would answer my call because she didn't like me drinking. Once I had started drinking again, she didn't really want anything to do with me. And uh, so I was like, well, I guess that's it. And took out like, my uh, buck knife and and laid it over my uh, right wrist and... And I was too chicken to do it uh, the right way, you know, where you go up the vein uh, and really kill yourself. I went the just straight across. But it was really hard. Like, I sat there for a long time building up the courage to do it. But when I did, man, the blood just came coming, and I started freaking out. And it was like, for a minute, I was uh, kind of watched it, you know, because I like horror and all that kind of shit. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, so that's what it really looks like. And I, like, whooped in my... Because like, I was really drunk, too. And, like, your levels, your serotonin, whatever it is. I don't know. Serotonin, I always say serotonin, but I could be full of shit. Um, but your levels are off, man. They're just... When you're in that space, and I would I would advise anybody, if you find yourself in that situation and you want to go through with it, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to call anybody. Fuck that. You know, I didn't either. I mean, I called her, but that was just the last. I needed, like... Some symptoms. I was like, oh, give me a sign, and I should do this. And that, I took that. You know, it's just bullshit. Uh, because your brain is so fucked up when you're thinking like that. On top of the drinking, you know, like, and like I was, everything is just crumbling down around me. And I was flunking out of school. And after the, uh, the motorcycle thing, a couple of professors took pity on me and like gave me a decent grade, even though I, you know, they're like, well, you just turn your paper in later. It's fine. And I did, but that was my last, like the last semester I was, I got straight nothings. I never went. I was, after that, I didn't go back. Um, but the 
the blood just started flowing and i was like oh fuck this i want to live this is stupid and i had like my phone was one of those nokia bricks that i used to drop down the stairs all the fucking time and uh i called 911 and told them where i was and the campus police came and then the real police came and then not to say that they're not real they're trained the same as i mean it, most of them are cops who've decided to come to a college where it's a little bit more chill uh and uh, they stopped the bleeding and everything. And 911, they wanted to stay on the phone with me, but I was like, fuck that. I'm, I need to be with my thoughts, you know, because I've just done something that I had thought about for years. I mean, my first suicidal thoughts were probably 13 or 14. I mean, you just, that time that happened with the girl and stuff, when everybody at school was laughing, I really did not want to exist anymore. Um, but, uh, and it was fucked up. Like, I felt like I let everybody down. And I had, like, I'm always been open about my past, especially because then I was in the mindset of that's all over. You know, that's not who I am anymore. That's, you know, that guy, because I'd been sober for so long and been going to counseling and, and like, created a whole new set of friends. Because once I went to college after all that, I had to just cut everybody off from my past. Uh, to keep from drinking that's the only way i could do it uh, uh, i had to it still didn't work <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's just how i'm wired i guess i don't know i do it a lot i cut people out and i apologize but this i don't know this i guess it's the the Taoist in me uh, no attachment uh but uh digressing again so I just felt like I'd let everybody down and they take me to the hospital and my roommate comes with me and uh, and the guy who is the RA of the whole building uh, who's also a good, pretty good friend of mine. My, our daughters are born on the same day, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, but anyway, uh, and by then I'm sobering up a pretty good bit and getting kind of fascinated with the anatomy of it and everything. Cause my mom's a bi- she was a biology teacher and I forgot that too. Science stuff. I never was get the work like at school or anything, but <clears throat> I do get it and I'm very fascinated with it. And so I was like, Oh cool. That's how it's like in there. And they're like, yeah, you're really lucky. And look, nowadays I notice problems with it too. Like, uh, my hands have started betraying me is what I say. Um, but, uh, just cause I've always done physical labor, like I'll do stints of physical labor and then stints of, uh, college or whatever, brewing that and then do a stint or just not have a job for a while. There was a time in my early twenties where I just didn't work and I was like, well, they owe it to me to, cause they fucked all my shit off, you know, and just being a prick. Uh, mom used to throw me out all the time. <laughs> One time I came home and everything I possessed was out in the yard and it was raining. I was drunk as a motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know. <sighs> but yeah, trying to kill myself. Um, and my my hands are fucked up. Like uh, sometimes I'll try to move them and it would just like the signal doesn't want to work. And there was a burn in there a lot of times where the scar is. So after that, they make you go. Now this is a great tale. All right, uh, I don't. Uh, we'll get back to my to my background and everything. But I really want. I'm just rolling with this. Uh, I did this. That's this. Uh, 
the stand-up thing, and it's it's uh, really got me just amped up. It was it was wonderful. And so that's like if you're checking my webpage out, that's why I'm like putting so many journal injuries. And I like I found all these stupid journals. <laughs> like this, I'm like, who is this foolish child that's writing this shit? I mean, it is dark. Like you can watch the descent of the mind, and you know, like I'm fine now. Everything's cool. But you can, I still have my issues, but just mostly anxiety and stuff. But that shit is it's crazy, dude. Going back and reading all that, and like in rehab, especially, and like my journals are intense because I'm doing them like a, that's a sober, sharp mind, and you're just in there. Uh, uh, so you have to do anytime you try to kill yourself, you have to do a 72 hour thing. Uh, watch, and they put me in there in the middle place, and it was fucking crazy. Like, there's some okay people in there, but there's this one lady who was really bad, and like she had super long fingernails. It was really creepy, and she kept like uh, taking care of a toddler that wasn't there. Uh, it was fucked up, man. Uh, and so, after not very long, I, because I was having nicotine fits, I was a pack and a half a day guy, and uh, for a long, about 20 years. And uh, I just couldn't tell that you smoke in there, and they gave me nicotine badges, but that wasn't fucking good enough. And so I convinced the psychologist to put me on the safe side. Like, there's a lockdown side, and then there's a, uh, like, these guys are in here for a little while just because they had an episode or something, or they were afraid they were going to hurt themselves, so they checked themselves in. Uh, you know, you got a little more freedom. You can't leave the building, but it's better. And so I convinced them to put me over there. And then my mom and them and my sister come to visit me. Uh, it's the next day after, because I don't think they let you have anybody come see you for 24 hours. Uh, and they come to see me, and I was fainting for cigarettes. They give me nicotine patches, but it wasn't working. And I was fainting for a cigarette. So I convinced my sister to give me, like, what was left of her pack of cigarettes. And... <laughs> First chance I got, man, I went in there in the bathroom. There's, you can't even open, there's no window or nothing like that. No nothing, because you're fucking crazy. <laughs> and I was in there, and smoking cigarettes in there. And, uh, smoked like four or five in a row, back to back. And then I hear outside, right outside the bathroom, <laughs> it's the nurses. What are you doing in there? Are you smoking in there? No, no. You're smoking in there. Come out of there. And they take the cigarettes away. And, uh. No, I think I might have hit, kept my head from her. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, they had to take him away because I wouldn't have done what I did. And I, because I tried to talk her into it too. I was like, come on, man. Just let me have a fucking cigarette. This is stupid. I can't take this shit. I'm not trying to kill myself again. And because uh, you, you make the immediate switch in your mind that once you've tried and, you, oh no, this was not what I intended. What am I doing? You know, I want to keep this going. Even though you're at the lowest point. Uh, so I go, um, she wouldn't, she wasn't buying it and she took the cigarettes away from me. So I'm like, fuck this. After not very long, I'm, I've decided I'm escaping from this mental institution. This is some fucking bullshit. Y'all not treating me this way. I'm fine. And like my, my wrist is all bandaged. I had a bunch of stitches, about 10 stitches. And, uh, they got it all wrapped up within my hand and everything with like a big ace bandage and everything and you have to keep it still so it's it's uh got like a flat metal bar going through your under your wrist 
So I'm like, fuck this. I'm escaping this motherfucker. And I'll be goddamned. I did. <laughs> I knew. I figured. Because I've been. By this point. You know. I was already a felon. And like I've been in hardcore rehabs. And mental lockdowns. And prison. Not prison yet. But like uh, in the county for a real long time. Got away some sneaky shit in there. And, and the old county where you could really get fucked up. Like the old Monroe County was crazy. <laughs> they would call it on visitation day. They'd just bring anybody in everybody in into your like a uh, cell block area it's just there's just one lock uh gate door i mean god i'm i'm sorry man i'm kind of sick anyway just one uh cell door and they bring everybody in and then they close it back and they say okay we'll see y'all at three o'clock and then as soon as they leave fucking everybody just starts pulling shit out they've been and <laughs> like back then man they would let you have i remember when i got my third DUI, i was in there for a long time and your parents or whatever can bring you shit up there every night like so like and you could have tv and fucking everything as long as you either left it there or took it out with you when you left when you made bond or whatever and I had all like Spider Man had just come out at that time. I think I had all my DVDs because I was on house arrest, so I had all my DVDs and shit, <laughs> and uh, had them brought up there so we could all watch them when we were in there. And that's kind of it's way different back then. Uh, now it's like a privatized facility. But even when they first built it, you could smoke. And that's where I was when I signed the papers for college. Anyway, I'm just fucking rambling. Uh, I thought kind of that's how these things were. This is eventually what I'll be getting to is like a going on about stuff and trying to expand on my thoughts of mental illness and things I've noticed in my own life. I'm just trying to get my rhythm going. I'm still riding this high from telling that story. Uh, uh, I mean, everybody was laughing. It was just incredible. Um, so I decided I'm going to escape from this fucking place. And right as I'm going down like the nurse is not at her station and there's a hallway and you kind of go into a little room where they have books and stuff so I front like I'm going in there to check books and stuff out and I'm in there and then uh she comes out of the medicine room to, and I'm not taking meds or anything she's going to pass out meds and I'm like I'm looking for a book or whatever and then just so happens a delivery dude comes up and like the lady on the psych side on like the lockdown side buzzed him out buzzed him in and he didn't know because i look normal you know i don't look crazy uh, but i am or was still kind of. he just he holds the door for me and everything and i just fucking tiptoed out of the fucking pl- walked out of the hospital because it's kind of like some hospital part it's an old hospital there and just walked out of the thing but then as soon as i made it out of the parking lot like that was my heart was just beating and i was freaking out because i had you know, like who knows what happens to your brain after you try to kill yourself and you just you know like, there's no more telling what kind of soup i'm going through and nicotine fiending and all that and just oh and i just escaped from this fucking place and so i take off and like just trying to hold myself back to just walk normally out of the parking lot like I'm going toward my car like I'm just fucking oh where is it I forgot where I parked maybe it's over this way and as soon as I made it around the corner I just fucking took off running man and I ran for two three miles it's a long way like through Columbus I had to go through back streets and stuff because I was freaking out like I don't want to be on the main streets they'll be looking for me because 
you know, you're on a watch, and if you leave, the cops are coming for you. So I didn't know where to go, but the first thing I did was went and got a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> and that was a, like, because I'm a, you know, like I said, a pack and a half a day smoker at that time. And I couldn't breathe, and like it took me a long time to recover after all that running. And I was just shaking and freaking out, and my scar, like my stitches were killing me. Uh, so I took off, and I, I finally made it back to the dorms. I don't know why I went back to the fucking dorms, because that's how they caught me stealing the motorcycle thing. Uh, it was, uh, you had to swipe your ID to go in the dorm, and they knew, because it was right after Christmas break, that there was only one person in the dorm at that time at two o'clock in the morning on that day then it tells who you are and logs it in and they come coming the next day but so i went back to the fucking dorms again but i learned and i waited for somebody to come out because this was during like active school and uh went in there and uh luckily my roommate was in there and uh opened the door and as soon as i fucking shut the door behind me <laughs> the fucking cops were there for me said man you gotta come back what are you doing we knew you were gonna come right here why oh, why'd you do that i was because fucking they wouldn't let me smoke in there and they're like well that's a dumb reason to run you only had like you had done 36 hours or something like that and i think i ended up getting away with just doing 48 hours i can't I still i mean i can manipulate a motherfucker god damn it i could i don't i try not to practice that you know I'm, that's another thing too is in order for me to be a good, I think I'm a good father and a decent husband. I'm not a good husband. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, I was better in the beginning uh, when I was fresh out of prison. Uh, but kids just wear you down, man. The monotony of day-to-day job. And, and that's why I'm doing all this, too. You know, and just for them, too. I want it to be, I want to be, not ground up anymore tired of it tired of it and if i could tell a good story man that's a way out so anyway <sighs> so they're like you dumbass basically <laughs> let's go back i did the 48 hours uh, and then i gotta go back to fucking school man and i did too i didn't give a fuck i went back next fucking day I was kind of uh, got off on it a little bit, I think. I did. Because uh, everybody was like, oh, are you okay? And, all that. and I'm still in that mind. Like, once the drinking kicks in, because I still wanted to drink, you're, you're just playing everybody. They're all your... Not puppets, because you, you're not controlling. You're not a mastermind, but you can trick people into shit or like people just want to believe you um so i just kind of played the sympathy and all that shit and just and it was fucked up that's fucked up um still drinking kept on drinking uh and i think even part of the whole uh Wanting to kill myself is all the cowardice and not wanting to go to prison. I was, because by then I knew that it was probably going to go down that way. Because I think the suicide attempt's about a year after I actually tried to do the motorcycle thing. That's when that all happened. Um, 
so I knew what was going down. Lawyers like this guy's really pushing for you to do time, so you're gonna do time. Uh, they give me five years, five in, five out. So, but in Mississippi, you only have to do twenty five percent. So it ended only being uh, fifteen months. But I did like three in the county, which doesn't count. <laughs> so, which is bullshit. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so that was my whole, th- I was just so scared of going because I thought it would, you know, you think it's everything like Shawshank and fucking crazy like that. And there are places like that, but I was certainly not going to a place like that. I had just done something stupid. Um, uh, and then, uh, but after that and I was kicked off campus and everything, uh, got an apartment and, could barely make the rent. I got to get a job uh, washing dishes <clears throat> because I'm a felon. It's hard to get a job other than washing dishes. I have a. I still wash dishes today. I mean, I'm a janitor slash maintenance, but I still have to wash dishes too. <laughs> uh, so that's also why I'm doing this. Can't keep the uh, nothing wrong with it, but. Uh, it's just like I feel like my mind is wasting away doing monotonous work, just menial tasks and things like that. Like I've, if I don't do something like that, even if this doesn't go anywhere, it's keeping it sharp because I'm afraid of the damage I've done. Like, I mean, there's years I was smoking crystal meth every fucking day. And like one time I stayed up for three weeks. I mean, and that was just like, then you would take a day off and do it again, you know, just fucking crazy shit. All that, I think, and that was in my early 20s, really fucked up my brain for in my late 20s because you're it's constantly changing. You're not really settled yet till 25. And then even after that, it's like I had done, they say in like the rehabs and stuff, that whatever point it was you began abusing, that's as far as you've gotten in your emotional development because you've stopped interacting with reality. Unlike everybody else, you have detached yourself from reality, uh, which is a survival mechanism for somebody like me, for people like us. Uh, You have to. Um, because like, you know, like I was talking in the earlier episode about like being super emotional and like really just feeling stuff too much, like can be dangerous. And so you make that association that in order to do such a thing, like, well, these emotions are taken because you just like lie awake at night, just thinking them. It just runs through your head all. I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount of of insomnia that I suffered especially in my teens and I don't know if everybody goes through that because I never really talked to anybody about it like that's not stuff I don't even know about now maybe kids do discuss that stuff but when I was you didn't you just lay awake and all these fears and crushing doubts come down and like what's the fucking doubts and shit I mean the worst thing you gotta do is pass your algebra test or whatever but it's just and even that doesn't really matter. I was expelled from high school and still went on to four-year university with a GED and everything. So, I mean, fuckers. Two weeks from high school graduation, man. I was, uh, I had missed, I mean, I was an asshole, <laughs> especially ever from, like, uh, freshman year. So really when I started changing, 
Uh, and then I had a, a bad car wreck when I was 17. And it didn't really fuck me up, but I did lose consciousness. And, and I, something happened then. Because uh, that's when I started drinking. Like, for real. Because, like I said, I took my first drink at 15. Uh, but I didn't drink again until I was 17. Uh, after that car wreck. Sure did. Huh. I've, some of this stuff just comes to me as I'm remembering it. Yeah. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What the fuck was I talking about? Do you know? I wish I had a co-host. <laughs> I feed off the, another person a little bit better. Uh, I'm trying to, to mentally imagine you as another person sitting there, but it's it's difficult to kind of get the ball rolling. That's what these, like I said, the earlier episodes are for, for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, you're, so you're removing yourself from reality. Like you got to take the edge off of it because it's too hard. Like even just the normal things that people do, to like, but by that senior year, I had to be stoned as a fucking bone every day. Like I'd bring a joint rolled up, smoke it on the way to school, and then uh, smoke one at school. Just find somewhere, just walk off around somewhere, cause fuck it, <laughs> and uh, cause I didn't really care. Especially once I reached seventeen, I didn't give a shit what they did. I remember I was skipping so much school that they had to uh, change my schedule to where they were like, "Look, man, you just not fucking coming to school. What if we gave you?" We had like A-B days back then, so you had an hour and a half long classes, but you only had four classes a day. Uh, and then it would go like one Monday, one Tuesday, one Wednesday, you know, like that. What if we just take these two classes that you have on your B day and put them on your A day, and then you just fucking come. You can leave, like I could leave after 12 on my A day, and then after like 9.30, on my B-Day, just so you'll stop skipping class, because, like, I didn't give a fuck, but I wouldn't drop out, and, like, so the truancy officer can't really do much, especially once you turn 18, like, because I was, uh, I had to do kindergarten twice, because I moved from Alabama to Mississippi, and I had to do it again, my birthday was, you know, I would have been the youngest kid in the class, so they did kindergarten twice, and, uh, so my birthday was right at the beginning of the school year every year, so I was always older, so, like, into my senior year I turned 18 and like I was like fuck you smoke cigarettes out in the open and shit don't give a fuck but so they switched my schedule because I was skipping so much school uh <laughs> it's just crazy doing shit like that and so I had a job working uh, I had gotten fired on Christmas from a gas station job I used to work at a gas station when you would like pump self-serve, I mean full-serve where I'd pump people's gas, check their oil, and put water in their radiator, all that shit. I got robbed twice. Stealing a shitload of cigarettes from and like fixing the paperwork so the next guy wouldn't notice it, but eventually they noticed. <laughs> Didn't take very long. Didn't have that job very long. Uh, but uh got fired on Christmas Eve. I came in to work a shit. Like I volunteered to work a Christmas shift because you get paid double time. And then as soon as I walked up, showed up, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're fired, dude. And I got dropped off and everything. I had to walk home. It was fucked. No cell phones back then, you know. Like I tried to knock on a couple doors and let me, they wouldn't let me use the phone. He's <laughs> a bitch. Um, yeah, I had to walk all the fucking way back home. God. Uh, what a dumbass. Um, but anyway, I had this job at a sawmill cleaning up after uh, 
the game. I mean, after uh, the shifts, uh, they made furniture frames there, but it, they started with at the log. Like they they took the bark and everything off, and then turned it into a furniture frame. So there's all these machines and stuff. It was really cool. Uh, my uncle Travis, uh, who the one who carried the molasses, he was a uh, like a master carpenter. Like he built all kind of cool furniture, but he worked sawmill and stuff like that. Um, but I had gotten a job through, I was in the band and the trombone guys, a lot of them did that job. The, uh, the boyfriend of the girl who's, uh, all that shit went down. He helped me get that job. <laughs> ah, so funny. All these little things that tie together. It's crazy. Uh, but it was a cool job. And so you just like clean up the cuttings and like little pieces of two by four and stuff. And like you got like a huge snow shovel and you got to clean all that up and then get all the sawdust up at the end of the day. And we run a rip saw for a while. And, and, uh, so that's kind of like my first introduction into the furniture industry where I'm from. Furniture used to be big. I don't know if it's, it's kind of died, but, uh, there's still plants there, but, um, uh, so that was kind of my first introduction to that and wood and kind of how I like working around that kind of stuff. But I was pushing a big cart full of uh, ripped boards for the chair rails for the furniture. And uh, one of the wheels gave, uh, the two by four came out. That's right. There's two by fours that go on these slats that hold the boards in. One of them broke while I was pulling it. And so like the whole fucking bundle started falling on me. And I jerked back, but a bunch of it fell on the top of my foot and uh kind of fractured one of my little metatarsals or whatever i went to the doctor and everything they put a big boot on me and all that kind of shit so i show up to school the next day and uh first period man as soon as the bell rings here comes uh coach Carson. uh and he's like uh Mitch, why didn't you come to school yesterday you know that if you're gonna miss a day of school your mom has to let us know ahead of time because we're going to put you in ISS immediately. That's the policy they had on me at that point because I just, I did not go. And, uh, um, and I was like, man, that's bullshit. I broke my fucking foot. I went to the doctor. I said bullshit and everything. I, I was done at that point. You know, like we had, I had been in trouble for a long, 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 long time. And by then, and I didn't give it. I only had two weeks of school left. What the fuck I care? What are they going to do? Expel me? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, come to the office with me. They take me in there, sit me down. And the principal's like, Mitch, what are you doing here? We don't want you here. You don't want to be here. Why don't you just fucking quit? And said fuck. I, don't, I mean, he might misremember it, and I don't begrudge him or anything. That's fine. You know, that's cool. I was a motherfucker. I was a little turd. I should have dropped out, and I didn't. And I was just a fucking thorn in the side. But, and I didn't care coming high every fucking day and all that, and they never could catch me. <laughs> and, uh, just smoking cigarettes. Why don't you just fucking quit? And I was like, because I want to give you fucking satisfaction. And he was like, get out of here and don't come back till we tell you. And so I was like, fuck you, and left. And then that was it. I didn't go back. And that was, I didn't mar I didn't walk or anything like that. I didn't get my, I had like, and by that, I'd already done all like the senior shit where you have to pay for all that crap and you get all those memory books and all that bullshit. I don't know where that stuff is now. I probably destroyed it in a drunken rage one night. Uh, but, uh, 
I was, my picture was in the paper and everything. I took my tuxedo shot that they make you do. And when I'd already been to the prom, all that shit. It was fucked, man. But whatever. I went and got my GED the next uh, day, I think. Maybe a week. can't remember how often they gave the test back then. That's like, now you have to go to the fucking class and all this shit for like six weeks. Uh, fuck that. I already had the knowledge. I just fucked. I can go. I do pretty good on standardized tests and stuff. So I just wanted to dominate that shit and then use that to go to junior college, uh, which I fucked that up. I flunked out of that shit. And that's when I started getting arrested all the time. Like, it just seemed like every time I turn around, I get fucking busted. And, like, the cops knew me and they knew my car. I just drive this white Jeep Cherokee. I still got it. it still runs. Uh, but, uh, uh, I won't drive that something. <laughs> I was, uh, they just knew who I was, so they just fucking see me and be like, oh, well, he don't have a driver's license. That's guaranteed $500. He's probably got some weed on him. That's another $500. That's another year without your driver's license. And that's how I ended up compiling all that. Like, <clears throat> I didn't have a driver's license for 11 fucking years, man. It was crazy. Like, I had to bum, I drove for a long, a lot of that, and accumulated a lot of DUIs without a driver's license. Uh, I never got them back after my first one. It was just so much time. I went through, like, the all the school and everything to get your thing. Uh, but within 30 days of my first one, I had my second one. <laughs> and so, it just, just snowballed. But I was constantly getting arrested just for, for a little stupid shit, like you're drunk or DUI or, uh, I mean, DUI is not stupid. Don't, I mean, you can fucking kill somebody. It's a miracle. I didn't. One time I almost killed my sister. You know, just fucking stupid. Do not. <laughs> uh, well, and, and now there's like Uber and all that shit. There wasn't nothing like that. Your buddies didn't want to give you a ride. And they were fucking drunk too. I'd trust myself driving more than I trusted them. And that's how I ended up getting my first DUI. As I, uh, they were all sober, but I still refused to let them drive because I didn't trust them. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. <laughs> we made it to the liquor store, though. We didn't make it back. They did. I didn't. Of course, I didn't need any more. I had to walk back that fucking time, too. They were supposed to come. They took my car, and they were, I was like, y'all take my shit so it doesn't get impounded, and then I'll... Uh, I'll come, you just come back and get me after four hours, because you got to do four hours anytime you get a drunk thing, you know, like public drunk, whatever. You got to be in there four hours before you can leave, that way they know you're sober. And uh, they all just come back and get me when the four hours are up, and they're like, fuck you, and took off with the half gallon of vodka that we just bought. Uh, but my mom, she like, I was supposed to, I was on my way home, and she was looking for me, because I had took off in the car, I think, I can't remember. Uh, and she saw them driving it was like what the fuck and took it from them and went back home so nobody came to get me and like the cops were like once my four hours were up and it's only because this is a long time ago so it was only like DUI still wasn't a huge deal uh, it was only 50 bucks or something to bond out $500 fine I think for my first one back then uh, but they're like after the four hours were up, they're like, you can't stay here, man. You know, it's like that thing in the bar. Uh, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here and kick me the fuck out. <laughs> and I had to go, uh, went to the gas station and got some Mountain Dews and shit. And a pack of cigarettes. And fuck, I, walk, I had to walk back from Nettleton to Amory. Uh, I don't know, 13 miles or something like that. 
and fucking nothing but Mountain Dew. And nobody would pick me up, and I just had to just keep hoofing it. That's kind of where a lot of shit like that's happened, where I end up having to walk a long way on my own. One time uh, I was in the Boy Scouts, and me and this one kid, uh, everybody else had joined a little bit ahead of us, so they were one rank up above, and we had to do this 10-mile walk, and they are like, you don't have to like hike 10 miles through the woods, just walk up and down this fucking road outside the park, and then come back to the, is Tishomingo State Park, come back to the Swinging Bridge when you're done. So we walked to the end of, like, as you're leaving Tishomingo, kept going, and it ended up on the fucking highway, man, and ended up walking way, I mean, it, all day we were gone. And <laughs> Finally figured it out that we were going the wrong way and came back. Fucking came all the way and they weren't. We were, we didn't know what to do because we were like, let's say meet them at the bridge. But the fucking sun was going down and shit. And I had brand new hiking boots. It's like the first thing I had done with these guys, with this Boy Scout. <laughs> My feet were all fucked up after. Uh, but they weren't there when we got there because we were like, fuck, that was hours ago. They were just looking for us. They kept missing us, though. Like, we turned off somewhere, uh, like, on a side street, made a big circle instead of uh, just backtracking because it was further, I think. Ended up walking, like, 10 or 12 miles then. It was fucked up. And those boots were still towed, too, man. Was, I didn't know. I was just like, Mom took me to uh, Walmart and was like, well, we'll pick out which ones you want. And I was like, those look the coolest. Like, hiking boots. Oh, look, the toe is made out of steel metal. <laughs> No, you don't want to be hiking in that shit. Don't. And brand new, too. What are you? Uh, <laughs> no father. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. My uh, dark kid probably cautioned me against it. Uh, uh, but I didn't listen to nothing he ever said. Nothing. In one ear, out the other. And that's what he always said. Everything I say, you just goes in one ear and out the fucking other. And probably did. And it did, I mean. And so here I am. Uh, but yeah, so I had to walk all the way back, man. And then the next day, I called my mom and was like, "Do you know where the Jeep is?" Because I walked back to where they were. That's right, where they had They were all passed out and shit, but the door was unlocked. So I just came in and found a couch too and slept on it. And uh, next day, I was like, "Where the fuck is my car, man?" Like your mom and caught us and took it from us and you know all this shit. So I had to call her and get her, and they didn't want to take me back home because they're like, oh, I'm not going back around her. <laughs> so I had to call, them, call her and get her to come fucking pick me up. <laughs> God damn it. She shows, she's fucking had to drive me around so many places, man. She used to, have to take me to work every morning, take me to, I had a, a second shift job one time. She had to take me to all the time when I was on house arrest. Just fucking, oh, it's brutal. She's got a head full of gray hair now, though. To show for it, and but maybe this is, you know, hopefully this is all for it. Uh, but I just kind of want to give you some <laughs> some little uh, mental health credentials. I don't know, just just some hardcore shit I've been through. Uh, I'll tell you about the second time I tried to kill myself for real later. Uh, but. <sighs> that's pretty good oh oh too tough to die let me tell the too tough to die story um so as uh remember i said i used to play baseball all the time 
I was about seven. Uh, we were, it was the end of the year, and we were having a pool party for the baseball team. And I used to love to jump off the diving board and everything. Um, when I went to swimming class, though, at the Amory Municipal Pool, uh, I was terrified of jumping off the high dive. When I finally did, I crashed right onto the swimming instructor and, like, jacked her up. I came out and might have uh, bloodied her nose or something. Uh, but I got, like, I really liked the thrill of it later on. <clears throat> I got to becoming kind of a thrill-seeking kid and would jump off of high stuff and just all kind of crazy stuff, man. That's how I ended up with the kickstand in my hand. Uh, but I was going to jump off the high dive, and, like, I was so impatient. This kid had just jumped, and then I went and jumped, and I was doing, like, a big where you get go way up and get a double jump, you know, and then go super high and because uh, I was going to do a flip or something. And on the f- second jump, I noticed he was still under there, and I was going to land on him, so I was like, oh, fuck. And I dove to the side as I was in the air. I don't know. Just turned, changed my direction, and fucking whack and caught like the under my chin, right on the edge of the fucking pool, and snapped my neck back. That was another snap of my neck back. But it busted my fucking chin wide open. Man, blood was everywhere. I didn't land on him, so he was okay and everything. I felt good about that. But dude, it was fucked up, man blood was everywhere and my grandfather had to come pick me up in his El Camino I remember it that was you know that was back when the parents didn't have to go to the birthday party they just dropped you off and left <laughs> and then come back and get you uh, but my grandfather he came and got me in the El Camino I had to go get stitches and all this kind of stuff and I think that was the first time I shoplifted I can't remember no that was later that was another we were in my grandfather's El Camino uh, and we went to Fred's Dollar Store. It was when Ninja Turtles was new. And they had this Ninja Turtle skateboard type thing. Little vehicle thing that you could get. And he wouldn't give it to me. He wouldn't get it for me. And I was fucking being an asshole about it. And probably bitching and moaning. I was real bad about that kind of stuff. I pitched a fit real bad one time at a birthday party. Uh, I'm just bad getting then. Uh, anyway. Uh. And they had this toy, and he wouldn't get it for me. Like, Fuck it, I'm going to steal it. And I, I was wearing swimming trunks, man. And maybe it was right after. I think it was. And uh, I was wearing swimming trunks. And uh, so it was super. This thing was big, man. And was, I don't know. I'll try to find a picture of it and try to put it on there or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, but it was like a turtle skateboard that had like a controller that you put in the turtle's hand like a joint like a uh, that was attached to the back of it and it would do like a it was weighted to where it would pop backwards like a little wheelie kind of thing uh maybe you pulled it back or something uh, but i stuck this huge fucking thing in my pocket man he let me steal it i know he noticed me doing it as soon as we got i was trying to hide it and everything as soon as we got in the car man and i shut the door he looked at me and he said What's that in your pocket? I said, oh, it's, it's nothing. I found it. I found it outside the store. Did you steal? He said immediately, you know, did you steal that toy that I wouldn't get you? And I said, no. Don't lie to me. What's in your pocket? And I showed it to him. He made me go back in, apologize to every fucking, body, like, employees and customers. And they're like, my name is Mitch. And I stole this, and I'm sorry, and I'll never steal again. And I thought, oh, I did a bunch. <laughs> and got a big lecture on the way home and stuff. And, but, you know, I'd do the same thing if I'd 
count my kid dip. I mean, it was just so blatant. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. But, you know, like, I didn't have that moral compass like that. I had to, to fuck it, take it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Give it to me now. Uh, that, I don't know if I was in danger of death in that, but it was another situation where my neck is being and like still had to pull concrete out of my chin for years my mom would like it would just she could get tweezers and just tink 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 and long for a long time till i was in my 20s maybe every once in a while one would work its way out it's a big scar and like my beard doesn't really grow good right there underneath it uh so anyway uh that's the podcast um next fillet event is June something that I can go to. There's an all-star event, but I'm not an all-star yet. So soon, soon. Was, man, that show was good, dude. It's, uh, it just gave me all this fuel, you know, to keep going. Uh, and I started writing jokes and doing, like, just real stand-up material, I guess. I don't know, to kind of interweave it with the stories to make a longer show and I want to start doing open mics and stuff and you know I'm having to record this because my son's I had to stay home with him today and he's taking a nap and so I'm having to do this while he's taking a nap and so it's it's tough to balance I don't want it to interfere with with my life with the kids and my wife and it kind of has a little bit I've been like all these journal posts and stuff I've been doing I'm just like any moment I've got I'm doing it typing it typing it typing it so I don't know I just after that, after that set, dude, it's just, it's just giving me so much drive. I don't know. It's nice. Uh, thanks to everybody out there listening. Uh, you can go to my Patreon, Patreon slash uh, Felonious Mitch. I've also set up a donate thing on my website. Uh, it's like a little PayPal thing, but you can use your credit card or whatever, and it'll it'll go to my thing. And it's just where you donate monthly, just a dollar a month or or whatever uh, I'd really appreciate it uh, but if not just would keep listening if you like it comment on the on the thread or iTunes or wherever you listen uh, I think I got, I got it on SoundCloud too uh, but I'm going to start doing a lot more open mics and I'll let you guys know how that goes and, and kind of what's going on I try to d- maybe I'll try to do like a one past episode and one like deep you know childhood here's your fucked up reasons why you end up with this behavior and then maybe a later episode that correlates with that behavior during like my really active addiction years like my case a day every day wake up with the beer days and then liquor on the weekend times and then eight ball of meth and let's let's do some coke and you know those times so anyway <laughs> Uh, God, the damage. And like I've, I've been freaking out about my health and stuff. Like I've really changed, drastically changed my diet. Like I stopped eating processed foods, no bread, no carbs, no, um, red meat like, uh, beef or anything. I eat deer meat, uh, no, uh, just raw vegetables, raw fruit. Just so, cause I had all this inflammation and stuff in my knee. Uh, and I was hopping around and, I don't know, just like a spark. It's strange. It seems to all this stuff just all seems to be coming together all at the same time. Where I'm, I don't know. It's it's. 
I think it's the last year thing that's driving me, that fear. A lot of my life has been fear-driven. Uh, but deep down, I don't really think that. It's just, I don't know, whatever. Take it and use it, I guess. You know, Maybe that's my advice. If you if you have pain in your life or anything you're going through that you think you're never going to get through this and it's never going to be better, I mean, it does. It is for me. Uh, just when you're in in that space, I know it's hard to see that, hard to think that. Maybe if you're listening to me right now and you're in that space, just keep listening to me. I'll keep putting stuff. Listen, read those journals, man. That dude is. It's fine. You'll get a chuckle out of it. It's all Hallow's Eve and the moon is full and all this. God, what a fucking dumb. Ugh. <laughs> okay, later.